And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. The Champions League is back and to be fair so is the Europa League Man United fans which means there's no better time to sign up for all the unrivaled coverage at The Athletic. Right now, new subscribers can get a half-price annual subscription that works out less than £1 a week for an entire year. All you have to do is head to theathletic.com slash Scottish show. But hurry, you've only got until the 25th of February. That's theathletic.com slash Scottish show. Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. This week, rise up Hamilton. Good win, good for more. Celtic make it Eduard for themselves again. And is your house in order? I'm Andrew Slavin, here to keep things in order with Telegraph football writer JJ Bull and surviving the minus 50 degree chills from Motherwell, it's Laura Brannan. Hello, folks. Hello. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Big story in Scottish football this week was um, another house party going on, but this time it's, it's featured potentially allegedly, uh, four Rangers players. And Nicola Sturgeon has came out and said that football needs to get its house in order. What do you guys think of this? Uh, And I promise those of you who are listening, we will get into something a bit funny soon. (laughs) This is um, quite a statement from Sturgeon, considering um, this is is only alleged right now. Um, We don't have hard facts. Rangers are looking into it. It's a bit premature, I think, for Sturgeon to come out saying something just to get her house in order. I just think it's strange. I, I, I kind of, I don't like the fact people are branding this whole. Oh, you gave a yellow card a few months ago. Is this the red card? It's um, there's a lot of stake there to be throwing things like that around, trying to shut down Scottish football and stuff. I mean, what has this got to do with football? It was if if this is true, um, if it was in fact some young players were at a house party. Um, then it's it's just young people breaking the, the rules that everyone has to adhere to, not just footballers. Um, I don't think th- their job has anything to do with it. They're, they're at a party, it's got nothing to do with who they work for or what they do day to day. It's just what they did on a, a Saturday night, so to speak. If a, if a Tesco worker was caught at a house party on a Saturday night, would Sturgeon come out and say supermarkets had to get their house in order? <laughs> or threatened to shut down all grocery stores. Um, I just think it is a wee bit premature to be going so big and heavy on football here as a whole. If a rugby player went and did it, I wonder what would happen. Hey, <laughs> hey, let's open that can. Well, like you said, Laura, we don't have any evidence. We don't know what's going on. I don't know what Nicholas Sturgeon's going to do. Uh, JJ probably doesn't know what Nicholas Sturgeon is going to do. She's under a lot of pressure. I mean, she's got to deal with this coronavirus thing. It's in the news. It's pretty and, bad, um, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> When th- I don't know, maybe it's easy to kind of to point a finger at something like football when so many people are involved, but it is a little strange that she treats it like the naughty child. Yeah, but it's, it's, this is the point that you're making, Laura, isn't it? It's down to individuals and the clubs. I wonder if clubs have the necessary kind of deterrence within uh, themselves to, to remind these players. They remind these players all the time about the responsibilities and if individuals are breaking those responsibilities um, then they should be punished individually, maybe not not so the clubs. Uh, but look, I, I asked um, Twitter Sphere for some questions uh, for us and uh, Martin Johansson came up with an absolute belter for us um, and he's he's asked, which of the current Premiership managers would make the best James Bond? And can I just say um, that James Bond has to be exceedingly cunning, cunning, sorry. He's highly intelligent and of a sound mind, so we rule out Neil Lennon straight away. (laughs) (laughs) JJ. Uh, Jim Goodwin's the most handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Him? I don't know. Uh, Jim Goodwin's an obvious one. Or I was thinking um, Jack Ross. It's another one. 
Jack I think Ross. they're the only two realistic ones out of the entire 12 Premiership managers. He looks like a D-movie James Bond. Like, <laughs> like if you make one with your friends, you get Jack Ross to play Bond. I like that a lot. If Stuart Kettlewell was still at Ross County, I would be tempted, but then he might actually pass as a baddie more than the Bond. Ooh. I- I'm going to say Brian Rice. Woofed. Any reason? Because he's awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm I make the call. James Bond in Scottish Premiership is Brian Rice. There you go, Brian. You can enjoy that one. Alright, back to real football now. And sorry, Laura, we're going to lovely Lanarkshire where it was a derby day that didn't end well for you. Uh, and it was also uh, Alexander meets Hamilton. Now where have I heard that before? Finds Anderson in the box. And Bruce Anderson has scored the opening goal. Same side, and it's in the back of the net. Cool as you like. Tested by Ogunpo. That's a lovely through ball. Ogunpo's there. It's in the back of the net again. Hamilton are having a derby day dream at Fur Park. Number of bodies in the box for Hamilton. Moyo's at the front. Oh, that's lovely from David Moyo. And it's four for Hamilton. Their heroics in this fixture continue. Well, if ever a lyric could sum up Hamilton, it had to come from Hamilton. Ackies were 3-0 up in the first half and Motherwell had a man sent off after 18 minutes. It finished 4-1 in the end as the Ackies made it three wins and three over the Lanarkshire rivals uh, this season. Uh, but a bigger stat was that they were off the foot of the table. Um, but Laura, tell me, how was the weather? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I get to talk about nowadays? Yeah. I prefer that than talking about football right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there. Um, actually, Saturday wasn't as bad as last week at Kilmarnock. Um, don't know if you saw my tweet during the week, but basically it was, feels like minus nine. And I had absolutely zero shame. I took my hot water bottle to Rugby Park <laughs> and I duly shoved it <laughs> into my, down my trousers, at the, my, my belt loop bit. Shoved it into my belt loop and zipped up my jacket and it sat quite nicely on my tummy, keeping me nice and warm. Lovely. <laughs> got to find, got to find ways around sensible. this. Yeah, yeah got that to find ways sensible. around this. It must, it must be what it feels like to be pregnant. That's kind of what I thought. I'm walking about <laughs> weird here. <laughs> well, what about, what about the game, Laura? Uh, do we have to talk about the game? Yes, we <laughs> the, do. The Kamara game last week was great. No, at the Hamilton game at the weekend, not so good. Um, Hamilton are proving to be a bit of a bogey team for Motherwell, which is not ideal when it's your biggest rivals. Um, not a good start to the game at all. Obviously losing three goals, losing a captain as well. Um, Stephen O'Donnell standing captain just now, while Declan Gallagher's out injured. Not the ideal start to a derby. To be fair to Motherwell, we did come out fighting in the second half uh, at the start. I I actually thought the way things are going just now and the, the mentality these boys have got, I actually saw some sort of comeback. Um, I, I just have these memories of the, the cup game against St Mirren last season where I think we were 4-1 four, four or 4-0 four down at halftime and we, we drew it back to four each. And I was just getting flashbacks that game thinking, no, no, we've done it before, we can do it again. But to be honest, the fourth goal came... 10-15 minutes into the second half and it, it just killed things it killed it as a contest which was just kind of ruined the, the, the rest of the second half after that Motherwell haven't been particularly good at coming back from goals down they, ha- they don't really show much of a, a fight back spirit like like you say because I think they've only equalised once this season in, in 15 games that they've, they've all lost so it, it's it's hard to see where any comebacks would come from Hamilton eh, from, from Motherwell sorry uh, but Speaking about Hamilton and how good they were, um, JJ, what what is it with with this club under Brian Rice that they seem to turn or get results out of nowhere? Uh, um, and how emphatic was this one as well? Well, I mean, the way Rice had the team playing, he said post match that he's, and I think he said similar uh, the week before that he's told his players to basically have a go, but to not have any regrets about not going for it. They'd rather go down, you know, with the with the ship on fire and. It, it you know the spectacular relegation rather than just sinking miserably to the bottom of the ocean, so he's like got his players pushing the ball forward and it's really direct. And I thought the way they were going from back to front was really impressive. Every ball was going forward. Um, I think it's weird that Steve O'Donnell red card. It seems so harsh because it's so like there's nothing really in it. <laughs> really, he's dragged, he dragged the boy down, but it's just such a silly thing for him to do. 
I don't know. I can't tell if it's harsh or just like really, really naive of a player who should know a lot better. And he, Laura, he, would, he will know. What better, do you though. think then? Do you think it's a red card? I thought it was silly of him. Um, I thought it was a bit reckless. I, I think there has been worse decisions made this season. That in that game, have, that was... I would have been <laughs> yeah. choosing to moan about than that decision. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can see why uh, Graham Alexander was raging. He got sent off. Um, I mean, there's even like when Hamilton scored their penalty, Calkin scored his first penalty, and then they had to retake it because O'Donnell hadn't oh, left the my pitch. God. Like, Come on, you nerd! It's the amateur, it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> get off that. That's yeah, I, so I, I don't picky. know if there was some like sort of refereeing adjudicator there, because um, there was some. <laughs> Yeah, no, like it, it, did, it didn't affect it didn't affect the penalty being taken. So who no, cares? But, it's well, a stupid rule. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, you know how it affects more than anyone, um, me, because I have to film both our player being sent off and the goal. Well, potential goal. Um, it's not a rule a for television, though, is it? So, so I have a camera just to kind of give an idea of what was happening at the time. I have a camera um, just to the the side of the away dugout, and. It happened at the opposite side. Um, so O'Donnell walked from the goal to my left down to the, the tunnel and I'm filming him walking off and I'm thinking, hold on a minute, the whistle's blown. I need to turn the camera around to this penalty. And it was a bit of a, oh, where'd I go, where'd I go? So yeah, from my perspective, nightmare, but yeah, <laughs> it's not affecting anyone, is it? But you know, you, you've got to have the, the players sent off. The team are down to 10 men. They've got to be down to 10 men when the, the potential goal is, yeah. is attempted to be scored. JJ, one player I thought who was excellent in this game was Bruce Anderson, um, who obviously got his first goal for Hamilton as well, um, and he was involved in in two more. But he couldn't quite make it at, at Aberdeen. He's been a bit of a hot prospect for a while up there, and he's came to, to the Ackies, and he looks like a, a great, great acquisition for them. Yeah, but you can't make it Aberdeen unless you have the raw skill and talent of Curtis Main. So it's hard <laughs> for a player like Bruce Anderson really to break through. <laughs> he just doesn't get any chances at Aberdeen like, as in he he would come into the team and then he'd be expected to try and hold up long balls and that's the same thing that we go about, go about Aberdeen every week they, they don't create chances that strikers can score He's a, he likes to play more he's, I don't know he's a nine he's like a nine and a half because he likes to drop into little spaces behind where the nine might normally go um, a bit of a poacher though it's weird it's a bit like Michael Owen like, without the pace or <laughs> all of the talent <laughs> <laughs> I think Anderson's a good, a decent wee player, uh, but he's not as young as you'd think he is. I think he's 22, maybe. And um, I didn't really... Like, you really need to be stepping up by then. But there's examples of players who left Aberdeen because they maybe didn't have the right mentality in the past and have gone elsewhere. I'm thinking of players like Shankland, and then they've gone elsewhere, and then they realise that they need to step up to get their career on track. And I think moves like this to Hamilton could be what the making of Bruce Anderson because he's... Well, first of all, he'll probably score more goals than Aberdeen will in open play for the rest of the season. But uh, he'll also just get... I, I think he'll just enjoy himself being... like. Apparently, I said in the sports scene that Brian Rice was talking about how he was desperate to get uh, Anderson in and yeah. having that kind of confidence from your manager like who clearly wants you to play and then starting you every game. It'll just make him feel a lot more welcome in the team and he'll be able to find these little holes that he likes to get into to score. Whereas if you're just getting in for 30 minutes and you're looking at the ball being shelled over the top like it's an artillery war, there's not much you can do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I look at Hamilton and I see this as a huge confidence booster um, for them to try and finish 10th, which is their goal every season. I know they're up against St Mirren next, which is going to be a tough game, but not one that they, they should be afraid of going into. Um, let's move on uh, and talk about St Mirren because big news with them is that Jim Goodwin has extended his contract with the club to 2024. Uh, it's good reading for St Mirren fans, but their 0-0 draw with Aberdeen was not good to watch, JJ. No. <laughs> I, I was thinking the other day... Not, not many I... games are good to watch when you're watching Aberdeen right now. Yeah, I was thinking the other day, imagine imagine paying to watch this Aberdeen team and it's like, oh wait, I am. <laughs> 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 I do, every week. Why? Uh, yeah, I mean... The thing is, Aberdeen's better players than St Mirren, but St Mirren kept them really... It, it's not that St Mirren kept them quiet, it's just so easy to do it. All you do is stop them getting crosses in by push, by blocking it early, and then they don't they don't score. St Mirren didn't cause too many problems. Is it, I think that's mostly because Aberdeen just have players back all the time to make sure that can't happen. That said, I think St Mirren had the better chances mm. of the game, especially in the first half. Unlucky, like, this could easily have been a St, St Mirren win. It's almost like St Mirren were playing like Aberdeen used to, 
where they were against a better team. Like when McInnes first came in and kept them really tight, but then managed to create better chances going forward. Uh, no, it was it was horrible to watch. It was rubbish. St Mirren, I actually think, play some really nice football. And, and you know, you had uh, Goodwin kind of targeting top six uh, and they're kind of on the periphery of that now. They could really, really achieve that this season, which would be an amazing accomplishment. A man on a mission, maybe, Laura, just like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this uh, new contract's a great great news for them. I think the fans seem to be absolutely chuffed with it. I've not really seen a negative comment yet. Um, he knows the club inside out. He's he's built these these solid foundations that he's going to keep on building throughout his time there. He's, he's started off well. He's he's bringing some sort of stability to the club for what looks like a number of years now. Um, I know he's been working kind of on projects away from the pitch as well with the, the board, the, the supporters, and everything. I just I, I can't really see a negative in this in this news of um, Goodwin and Sharp extending their contracts. I, I wonder if Jamie Linefield's in, involved in that as well. I think if you were questioning that last night, because I don't think he was mentioned in the statement, but I imagine it's um, become as a package now at this stage. I think it's great for them. Um, and just how you touched on what JJ was saying in the game, it wasn't a great game, um, but it's a very well earned point for St Mirren as well to be able to to pull off that kind of result on the road in those tough conditions. I don't think anyone's enjoying the conditions right now, just the, the harsh weather that we've been experiencing. Um, I think we're all kind of prepared to, we're not really, we're into these games expecting good games of football at this stage. Um, it, it really is a stage sometimes of whoever makes the first mistake is going to cost you. Um, and luckily for both sides, no one really made the mistake on, on Saturday. But I'd say all in all, St Mirren are definitely going to come away from that one with happier with the, the point. The conditions Laura um, touched on there that it was really, really windy, Pataudry. So <laughs> you think the most sensible thing to do would be to avoid putting the ball in the air as much as you possibly could unless you wanted to cancel the game out. But lo and hold, here is Aberdeen putting it in the air every two minutes. Like It's the same ball every time. The defender hits it in the channel every time in the air. Header, 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 header. Keep it on the deck. And it, the problem with this kind of football... Um, sure enough, maybe better players wouldn't do it and you wouldn't need to coach them, but there was a Q&A that's been cancelled by Aberdeen. Dave Cormack scheduled this Q&A for, I think it was Tuesday night, and we're recording this Tuesday morning. And uh, on Tuesday night, so I think it was Sunday, it was after the St Mirren game, basically, Cormack then cancelled the uh, Q&A, well, cancelled, postponed, to a later date, because we need uh, apparently the club needs to, everyone to be behind the manager and all together as one, and I suspect what's... I mean, I don't know this, so this is purely making it up just to be funny. But uh, I'd imagine there's just so many questions came through asking, why has <laughs> nothing changed <laughs> with the style of football? Comrade came in promising uh, to bring attacking football. It's not happened. McInnes is... I mean, I think he's tried, but it's not happening. We'll talk about Johnson later on. I'll give an example of the kind of thing that they do really well, which is what he's trying to do. Um, but yeah, the club, the, the fans just really aren't enjoying it. Five games without a goal... You get Celtic next. It's, I mean, every single game is like they're trying to cancel it. The, the XG of Aberdeen St Mirren was, well, according to Wisecout, it was 0. 0.36, 0. 0.32. Like, under, this is no chances. It's awful. It's awful. But you also have to temper that with the, with the, some of the incoming players. Canberry. Uh, no, you don't. But there's, there's surely. Well, why? Why? Well, what what these players have to kind of bed in? And I thought I thought maybe this this these Celtic games coming up might be the perfect uh, time for them to to click. No, because it's not it's not about the strikers clicking; is that they don't get any the ball isn't Service. played to them on the ground. Like I've been saying to you about five weeks in a row, the ball is <laughs> the only way they create chances is from the wing backs, and you stop that easily. They have they have one player wide to create. That's it. They don't have anyone through the middle. The strikers get it and then they can't do anything with it. The ball's played out too early for the striker, has to go back. The midfield is part of the defence. So you have a back three with two midfielders who are basically holding midfielders and then they stay back the whole time. So the only attacking width comes from the two wing backs. If you play two inside forwards, you could say that one of the inside forwards goes wide to support the wing backs. So you've got 2v2 on the, the wings, but they, they don't. And if you do have two out in the wings, that means you only have, you've got one striker and another inside forward on the other side. Mm -hmm. to deal with any crosses. You have two people in the box to shoot, plus the other wing back, who's then got to get all the way back. It just, the system doesn't work. Bizarre. Looks like Aberdeen need to get to the end of the season and have a rethink, perhaps. Uh, let's talk about Celtic's comeback against St Johnston. Callum Davidson's men took the lead through Sean Rooney, but odds on Edward made eight goals and six for the Frenchman. Um, Celtic coming back from behind again. 
Edwards seems to be hitting a good run of form now, Laura, and you do wonder why uh, it's taken him so long, but eight goals and six is pretty impressive. I wonder if he's maybe looking for a move in the summer. <laughs> also sceptical, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> No, he is. He's, he's hitting his form now. I know it's like he's settled now, but why Why was he not settled before? Um, it's, it's a strange one, but yeah, he's he's kind of hit his, his stride now. It's kind of what you'd expect from him. Top scorer in the league just now. He was getting beat by a right back, um, which doesn't really say much because I think everyone would expect Edward to be top scorer. So yeah, it's exactly what we're expecting. It, it might be because he wants to put himself in the shot window. Let's not be so sceptical though and just assume that he's just well, comfortable let's, let's, and trying to trying to mount a comeback with Celtic. I'll, I'll kind of um, give some evidence on the back of that, um, kind of flying over the football a little bit here because Celtic posted losses of six million yesterday. Chairman Ian Bankier was saying that keeping Lennon's squad intact was one of the two factors that their revenue stream had decreased by almost a quarter. And I do wonder um, if maybe Celtic are going to have a huge uh, restructuring in the summer. What do you guys think? I, th- I think it seems inevitable, to be honest. We've all, we obviously already know that there's going to be a new chief exec coming in. We know there's going to be changes Lennon looks to be kind of clinging on by the skin of his teeth to the point now where the league has gone. So it's a case of just, well, let's just wait till the summer till the new guy comes in and see what changes he makes. If that is the case, I think it's only natural that the squad will then change as well with it. They've got to take into account the financial aspect of it. There will be boys like Edward who we think want to move on. Uh, We'll be looking to take that opportunity. I just think when so much changes behind the scenes, then it's only natural the entire squad will will look very different come next season. I'd imagine Edward will go for a bit of money, um, 15, 20 million. I've heard he was even offered for to someone in January. Ayer as well, I'd expect to go. I know AC Milan were looking at him. Uh, but there'd be a few clubs who look at players like that. Ayer would do well, I think, in the Premier League especially. They'll definitely sell because that, that used to be their model. And it's interesting that by trying to keep those rather than sticking to that model, and it hasn't worked at all. Yeah. This season, yeah, it's, that's, isn't that weird? Like the, by trying to keep them to push for that ten rather than follow the to follow the cyclical um, business model, kind of weird. We should talk about the actual game, I think, and how well yes, St. Johnston agreed. did in this game. Uh, their their plan was to be really aggressive and go at Celtic, and they were so aggressive that the first foul was in about seven seconds. I think went forward to the wing and just headers, 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 smash, smash, smash. First half, nothing really really happened that was a bad first half yeah yes it was but that's mostly I think St Johnson that's their plan working yeah <laughs> that's the thing it worked really well second half I mean it's two it's, it's a couple bits of magic Edward's um, Edward's turn for the second goal is fantastic Christie's touch to get round um, the player to he fakes a, fakes a cross and then gets around the player to drill in the low cross to put it in is really good. And the first one was Edward as well, where he finishes at the near post, wasn't it? Yeah, with the underside of his boot. Yeah, just just Edward. Just players like that just win you games. And the, the I, thing I, is, yeah, no, I kind of th- I kind of look at the second goal and I saw Edward getting so much praise for his turn. I actually, I actually think it was a bad first touch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was more impressed with the finish that he actually carved it out of a mistake. That's well, how good, good improv I then. it was. It's a yes and yeah, improv. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this will hurt St. Johnson. Maybe even more so because of what happened in was it October the last time Celtic went to mm-hmm. Derrick Park? Mm-hmm. I think that makes it extra tough because last time it was a kind of similar scenario where St. Johnson played so well, frustrated Celtic so much, and then lost two late goals. Um and kind of crumbled so to speak uh, lost the points and probably felt very hard done by at the end of that game I feel like maybe St Johnson played a little bit too negatively this time around um, maybe he showed Celtic a wee bit too much respect especially considering the, the kind of form that Celtic are in it's maybe wrong to, to do that uh, to kind of have that mindset run to a game but do you see yeah, it's some like, respect? I, I think so I think well if you I, I think it's totally the opposite I think if you play negatively I think the the two things go hand in hand. Do you not think if you play negatively actually, it was a result of showing I actually think that St Johnston had probably the better chances and looked the more dangerous at the start of the second half. Um, how do you mean I, how do you mean by negative though, Laura? Like as in like they were sitting too deep or because yeah, I think yeah. they were getting forward and the, the only way they really create is the same as Aberdeen were saying earlier is by getting the ball out wide and putting it in. They do, they no, do it much better completely. than Aberdeen. 
I understand that. I understand how difficult it is as well against Celtic, and you get three chances against Celtic. It's considered probably positive. Yeah. Um, no, I just I feel like they'll be kind of frustrated by this one. I, I did want to just mention one other thing uh, before we wrap up in this game. Did you see that Rooney swapping shirts with was it Edward? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. This that that frustrates me. You you can't you can't be a tourist in this league. You're that's yeah, your levels. Yeah, it's, t- we're not totally playing a Champions agree. League game here. It's it's not the last game of the season. <laughs> you, you, I mean, albeit do it privately, do it behind the scenes when no one can see you, but you don't do it a pitch when it's on Sky Sports. Come on. <laughs> Juicer Abbey's made a really good point as well. Um COVID protocols. I mean that that, that surely is something that you cannot do. It's it's a bit crazy. I mean, even even without COVID, how <laughs> yeah. are you, Laura? <laughs> yeah, it was a wee bit, a wee bit ten pot. <laughs> <laughs> Still to come, we're going to talk Rangers with Jordan Campbell of the Athletic, and there's a huge crowd heading to Cali Thistle. Okay, Mr Lennon, so that's 15 first-class return tickets from Glasgow to Dubai, eight twin suites, poolside passes, karaoke system, one extra-large shamrock flag and a Steven Gerrard piñata. Aye. And would you like to insure your trip, sir? Eh, no. Well, what could possibly go wrong, eh? With Paddy Power's Acker Insurance, you get a free bet if one leg of your four-plus-fold Acker doesn't, uh, go to plan. Hey, Celtic? Paddy Power! Max free bet £10, win odds 1-5 to five on each leg, on an exclusive exclude shop bets, exclude enhanced match odds, T's and C's apply, 18 plus, begumbleaware.org. This is the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven. Listen to it totally ad-free via The Athletic. Rangers jacket in and then at least four players uh, go to a house party and all hell breaks loose with Nicola Sturgeon getting involved saying football needs to keep its house in order. Here to help unravel the Rangers web, it's The Athletic's Jordan Campbell. Hello Jordan. Hi mate. Another win at the weekend uh, with an absolute belter of a goal, let's, let's just say that. And 13 points needed. Uh, from the remaining nine games. Any cause for concern they couldn't smash Kelly? Well, I mean, I think people are, I think Rangers fans in general are still pretty nervous given everything that's happened <laughs> the last 10 years. Like, I think actually admitting that it's basically done is um, a difficult thing for people to do. But, um, you know, Kilmarnock's been one of the, the sort of bogey teams the last few years under Gerard. But, you know, I think the way they've dealt with Kilmarnock and Aberdeen this year, um, it's probably been it's probably summed up why they've improved so much and why they've been able to keep up this, this consistency the whole season. No, I don't think Rangers were at their best again. Um, you know, the momentum sort of slowed in the, the last few months, I think, as, as games have naturally got tighter. But, um, you know, they just keep finding a way, whether that's with McGregor producing the goods at the other end, where maybe they would have gone a goal down or you would, they would have had 15, 20 minute spell where they slapped off. Where I never felt like once Ryan Jack produced that, <laughs> that was an unbelievable volley. I think he's he's got two two goal of the year contenders in the last month. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, very different. But um, you know, he's got that in his locker. And that was something I actually said. Is that you watch you watch him how he finishes, and you think he could, should probably get near double figures. He could probably get double, near double figures the way the way he takes some of these goals. But he probably just doesn't get into the box enough. No, it was pretty comfortable, and they probably hoped that they could have got another two or three, especially in that fifteen minute spell after half time. But um, the game sort of just petered out again, as as has tended to happen this season. Actually, probably another another factor of um, the behind closed doors scenario and how that sort of affects teams. I think there's a lot of Rangers players as well we can pick out as the star performer this season. But you're a big fan of Stephen Davis, aren't you? <laughs> just a bit. I. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, for me, like I think probably in the, the last couple of months, you know, Tavernier had a great a great three, four months, you know, Ross County away was probably when people started thinking, how long can he keep this going? And I don't think it was realistic to expect the right back to continue scoring a goal every other game for open play. Um, you know, that's just like unbelievable numbers. But like Stephen Davis is just a sort of a controlling presence in that whole team. Um, I think when you take him out, you see the, there's a, they lose a bit of fluidity and they also lose a bit of that solidity as well. It's probably the defensive side that he probably still doesn't get enough recognition for um, the way that he just mops up things and reads the game so well. Because last season, I think Rangers would have, you know, spells of possession, but they would then either the teams would break out and they would get a they would get a bit of relief for ten seconds, twenty seconds. Whereas he's just always in the right place at the right time, just to nip in, um, 
and start a new wave of attack. So I just think, you know, he never looks flustered. He never looks like he's actually under pressure, having to run. And, you know, people I've spoken to obviously still keeps himself in tip-top shape. So, no, nah, I think he's been he's been superb this season. But as you say, you could make an argument for, for so many players. Like Tavernier, of course, with, with the numbers that he's produced. Goldson for the, for the defensive record and just how solid he's been. Never missing a minute. Alan McGregor the last couple of months with... The big saves he's made at big moments. Um, even Glenn Kamara has been been tremendous this season. So you know, for, for Morelos, not really even being the top <laughs> the top six seven players just shows how much they've shared the burden this season. And even if you look at the season, I'm sure at the end of it, when when you look back and sort of piece together how it unfolded, like you could probably say Kent was at the start of the season, then Arfield came into the team and took over the baton, then it was Tavernier. Then even Morelos had a wee spell, Roof had a spell. Like they're all taking different, different. You know, when people need to step up, people are people are producing. It's not the same people um, every single week. And Ryan Jack was just the latest one. On uh, outside domestic football, Rangers have got Antwerp on Thursday night in Antwerp. Uh, what do you what, what do you make of this one? Well, I think it's going to be a difficult tie, and you know, it's probably similar to last season where if you took Rangers form in the first half of the season in the in the thicker. European action where they were playing every couple of weeks and, you know, that Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday was just sort of second nature. You know, I think the form has dipped. Um, they're still winning most games and that obviously bodes well. But, you know, they're not coming in with quite the same momentum. So whether they'll be able to pick up the levels again, um, I guess we'll find out on Thursday. But, you know, Antwerp, luckily they're a good side and they've had a good reaction since their, since their new coach came in. But, you know, I think he's even been talking about this season, uh, this week, that... He's only going to really have a squad of 16, 17. Um, they don't have a lot of options up front. But, you know, they're second in the Belgium league. Um, I know they got beat off Club Bruges last week and managed to draw at the weekend against Standard Liège, a team Rangers beat. But um, Liège were no mugs. Um, you know, caused Rangers a lot of problems. Well, not a lot of problems, but they they were able to compete over both legs. So I I, I thought they were, they were a strong side and if they're they're currently six and, and Antwerp are second, I know that's simplifying it a bit, but clearly they're going to be around the same level. So um there's there's obviously no easy teams at this at this stage. But if you were looking at the the, the draw you'd probably say Antwerp was a favourable team considering <laughs> who else you could have got. But it's a massive opportunity when you look at the other teams who have drawn each other. Mm, I was just wondering about that as an opportunity for Rangers because with the league title being almost within their grasp, they're so far ahead. Um, this game can take a, a good level of importance for the club, right? No, I agree with you. Like, because I think after the the Hamilton draw, there was a lot of Rangers fans saying, you know, uh, that sort of karma for resting players or taking it a bit easy. But I don't really think you can accuse Gerard of like taking his foot off the gas. Like, if you look at who they brought in. You know, they brought in uh, Zungu, Itten and Kamara. So Kamara was basically just a swap for Ryan Jack, who had just came back after two games being injured for two months. Stephen Davis had played 10 games in 50 days and hadn't had a rest. And then Itten had been doing really well. And uh, Roof had also just came back for an injury. So, like, you know, it was basically just making looking after players, uh, making sure they don't overload them when there's no need to really put their bodies under stress when you've still got so many games to get over the line. So, um, And if you can't start your two new signings when you're 20 points ahead against the team bottom in the league, then you know, you probably <laughs> question why you, why you signed them. So um, I think it was a fair opportunity to give them. But again, what I was saying to people was, well, let's be honest, Rangers are going to get over the line. Whether they drop points in a two or three games before they get there is probably irrelevant. Um, it's just about when it happens rather than if. So like, to me, this is a massive opportunity and it would be foolish to you know put out your strongest team in every single game keep them on for 90 minutes and tile them out before you've got a game on Thursday like to me you should be looking at this game these two next two games the next fortnight as a as a massive opportunity to get through because you, you never know what's going to happen you know considering if they get really deep if they go really deep in this uh, in this tournament that it, it could essentially pave the way for automatic um, qualification to the Champions League the year after next which would we know it seems hard to imagine, but would actually make next year's title even bigger than this one because if they qualify through the through the qualifying rounds next season, get Champions League money, and then they get it in the next season for winning the league next season, then you know that's two years of Champions League money in a row, which would be transformative. And providing Celtic don't also do it, then you know that sort of financial gulp you're looking at 
uh, financial goal if you're looking at five or six years ago could potentially be flipped by the time Gerrard's in his fourth, fifth season. So I think it's a massive opportunity, really, and they should really aye, put, a, put a lot of effort in it. We do love the coefficient and keeping a close eye on it. <laughs> We've done that for many years. Um, we, we won't get into this now, but um, last week there was also a report about non-recent child abuse in Scottish football, uh, and yourself and Kieran have written about that for The Athletic. It's it's For anyone listening to this, it's a really good reality check for everyone. Um, so if you want to understand more about what's going uh, going on, do so by heading to The Athletic. So thanks, Jordan. Keep up the good work, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having us on. Jordan Campbell of The Athletic there. All right then, guys. Uh, let's have a quick word on Kilmarnock. Seven defeats in a row. And the, the teams in around them at the bottom of the table uh, are picking up points. Hamilton, Ross County, picking up points. Uh, they've played more games than both of those teams. Kilmarnock have been in the top flight for over 30 years. Could they really go down? Do we think this is a possibility? Or do we think Tommy Wright has came in uh, is going to do the business for him? Laura, what do you think? I think, no, I kind of touched on it last week when Tommy Wright got appointed. I think this is a very good short-term appointment. I, obviously, I kind of held back on the long-term aspect because of it not being his squad and wanting to wait and see what he does in the summer. But I think he's he's certainly a good enough manager to save them in the short term he's got, the short time he's got for the remainder of this season. Look, it's not a great run they're on just now. It's not great in terms of the table they've got. They've not won in seven. They've not scored in four. Um, it's not great stats to be a Kelly fan right now. They, they weren't sitting deep, though, against Rangers. They were being on the front foot, they were pushing bodies forward. Uh, they, they made attacking subs in the second half. So it wasn't that we kind of touched on it earlier, it wasn't negative football in that sense. Um, but they didn't have any shots on target and only two off target. I think that's kind of that's a wee bit concerning because although you're doing the right things, you're not then being, you're kind of lacking that composure to capitalise on the things you're doing right. So it's small steps though. I don't think it's right to judge Tommy Wright in terms of settling in when his second game was against Rangers. Um, I think this is when you just sort of, you, you get your house in order and that's, that's, that's a point you're right now. <laughs> I thought you weren't a fan of that. Yeah, I thought you weren't a fan. <laughs> um, in a footballing sense, he got his house in order, um, but I think it's more the, kind of the coming weeks that we'll judge him properly on what he's going to do for the rest C- of the season. Kelly of- Killy have relied on on Chris Burke so much this season, JJ. Um, that they've, you know, Nicky Kabamba hasn't been all firing. Even Brophy was disappointing earlier on in the season and has left. Um, but they've brought in Kyle Lafferty, who we all know in Scottish football, he can score a few goals. Is that is that a missing link for them that they can just have another um, element up front? Will he bring them what they need? Is Kyle Lafferty the missing link? <laughs> Uh, I don't. From your reaction, no. <laughs> um, you'll, you'll see, Kelly will be better organised with under right in a few weeks. I think the good thing about Kelly have done is making the change now before it becomes too late to do anything about it. So they've made it now so they can try and make sure that they can avoid this relegation thing. The problem is that they're they're pretty much. I'd say that there's three teams who are down the bottom who, I mean, points wise, obviously are all kind of linked and. You'd think that Motherwell are good enough to get out of being in ninth. You'd think they've got good enough players to get out of that, and I think Alexander does, knows what he's doing. Um, St. Johnson are well organised, and uh, don't they, they just seem hard to beat, and they, they're getting the, the wins that they need. St. Mirren are a good team, should be fine. Dundee United are gonna, probably going to be fine. So it's really Kilmarnock, Hamilton and Ross County are going to be in those relegation spots, and we all know Hamilton are going to finish 10th. So that leaves <laughs> Killy with 11th place to try and get out of. People like Laverty will be able to get them a goal out of nothing. And when you keep a game to nil-nil for ages and make it really horrible and gross to watch, that's what you need as a, as a player. You can do that. Maybe a bit of magic from Chris Burke or Kyle Lafferty coming out with something. And that'll get you three points or a point now and again. Hopefully it's not too late for them. But the problem is that someone has to die. And uh, you know you don't know who's <laughs> going to be out of those three clubs. So Brutal. Very yeah. brutal. <laughs> Um, big big game coming up on the 6th of March um, because Kilmarnock will take on Ross County definitely one to keep an eye on not long for Tommy Wright uh, to try and get things right there so one game left to discuss uh, because Ross County actually didn't play at the weekend their game with Hibs was called off for a frozen pitch so we talk about Dundee United Livingston Valentine's weekend was certainly one for giving cards Nick Walsh was well up for that 
And producer Abby has written a poem about it. So I'm going to read it. I wasn't going to take credit for this. Roses are red. Pollock's lunge flew. He's going off the field. Fitzwater, you too. Very nice. Very good. Yeah. Well done, Abby. Dundee United. Emphatic winners, even though there was two red cards. Uh, goals from Sporla and a brace from Shankland, who's finally arrived. Seven goals for this season. And he seems to hit the ground running now. He had a quiet start to the season, obviously. I think if the Dundee United Twitter account is anything to go by, you'd think he's arrived a long before now. Cause they, he knew. Is, they knew. They knew. He is the, the almighty king, <laughs> Shanklin. <laughs> um, I'm all for branding players and talking them up. <laughs> it's been on, on different levels from United recently. Um, can't wait to see what they do when he gets a hat trick. <laughs> um, yeah, so they've been they've been talking about quite a bit. Uh, it was yeah, two good goals. It was, it was, he could have had a hat-trick as well. His first effort was cleared off the line before he'd even opened his account for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, no, two very good goals. Nice attacking play as well. Good composure. Sporla's goal as well. 49 seconds on the clock. I mean, you can't get a better start, can you? Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic from Dundee United's perspective. I think um, probably their best performance of the season. Yeah, I I'd agree. Th- yeah, I think um, Fuchs and Edward... Being back made a big difference. Um, I think Harks kind of stepped up to the plate after being absent a few times. Uh, I think everyone played well recently. And it's just like winning breeds confidence. I see it firsthand. It, winning points can work absolute wonders for your mindset. And it seems to be working for United right now. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. You're just like, you know, wish Motherwell could do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the red cards then. Bit of a referee moment of I don't know I don't know what to describe this I mean the Peter Pollitt one I think is debatable um, I think it's not Fit- a red Fitzwater I think is not so debatable so we'll start with Pollitt's first it's um, not a red. Uh, JJ not a red card not a red card no is Laura yellow? Uh, Laura, Laura are you alive I, can I <laughs> can I explain my reason that a yes or no um I, I don't think the actual challenge was a red. Um, I think it was reckless, but not malicious. But he does have a kind of second stab out, as if he's trying to reinforce that impact. So I feel like the intent was kind of there. He's going for the ball, though. Like, he's I'm, just kind of, he's trying to flick his foot out at the ball. And he's just caught him, his studs are up, and it catches him just below the shin pad. It really hurts, that bit of the foot. But, like, I don't... It, not for one second is there any intent to harm the player he's like it's sort of it's not even hugely out of control it's just that the way he has to position his body to move his leg to try and I would it. disagree I with that I would disagree really? with that it was, it was, I, I would say he was definitely out of control because both feet had left the ground so he you know he, he can't he can't manoeuvre himself in any other way I think it's but a definite sort of yellow card out, like, he sort of pulls his foot out while he does it like he's yeah I agree I agree with that but I think he's not in control of himself um, but I don't think it's a red card because I don't think um, he's gone in. I, I've seen I've seen more dangerous tackles being given as a yellow card this season. Yeah, yeah I, I would, totally agree. I'd settle on a yellow. Um, he did dive though outside the box, um, and I know it's a completely separate <laughs> thing. But I mean, you know, karma. So and therefore, all that. swings and roundabouts. Give the <laughs> yeah. man a red card. I really hate diving. I am so so against diving. I'm I'm scarred from diving watching Scotland play over the years. Never go to South America, um, Laura, because they yeah, applaud that stuff. Gareth Bale and Chilini, they, they've all scarred me and I hate seeing diving now. So see if you dive. I don't care if it's 85 minutes in between your dive and your, your, um, your challenge. <laughs> y- y- karma, you know. It comes, it comes, <laughs> what goes around comes around. <laughs> okay, so we've, we've, we've dealt with Paulette. Uh, Fitzwater. Ridiculous. What, what, what Ridiculous is, decision. What has Nick Walsh seen here? I don't. So please explain to me. Well, he's sent him off for dogs, though, hasn't he? He sent him off for denying a goal scoring opportunity. As far yeah. as I'm aware, that is the reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think Harks is at it a wee bit. Um, he kind of embellishes the fall, but I don't think he's been. I don't think it's down to his his play acting that has caused it. The referee seems to have deemed Harks is the last like that is him in on goal, but. I don't see it in that way. I, I, don't, no, I don't know. There's, yeah, there's, a no, Livy I, player, I, there's a Livy player on the edge of the D um, who I think if Harks had broken in on goal, I feel like that player could easily have there's, 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 I down. don't think there's any play acting going on from Harks, but the idea that it's denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity 
Um, when even yeah, the the centre half for Livingston's coming in, and Serrano's also coming back as well. Um, he's just not the last man. So yeah, it's just bonkers. I don't you know, know why you know, I've seen this. I think it might even be to do with like it's such a quite a funny tackle. Like it's so unconventional that it feels really out of place in an elite sports environment. <laughs> so what the referee's seen has gone. Well, that can't be right. And then that makes him think. Well, it must be. It must, must be red. Or maybe he feels guilty about. He's you know I should have shouldn't have sent off Mr. Paula earlier on. It's, it, it, yeah, as we as we've covered, I think we've covered all of it. It's clearly not a red card. <laughs> yeah, not a red card. Both are being appealed, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, quite rightly too. But hey ho, let's just finish on Sir Lawrence Shackland. He's back, baby. Um, that's the weekend rounded up. Let's go and move on to some good news in Scottish football. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media and The Athletic. Ah, but first, uh, let's get some odds with Paddy Power. Big game midweek. Celtic versus Aberdeen. What are the odds on Edward to score, producer Abby? Yes, it is Celtic Aberdeen, and uh, Celtic are one to two to win this one with Aberdeen eleven to two. If we go into the goal scorer markets, Odson Edward to score the first goal is ten to three, and any time is thirteen to ten. There we go. JJ, any other requests from this game? Because I know you're excited about it. I just want to know what the odds are on a. Bruce Anderson to score more goals this season for the rest of the season than Aberdeen do in open play. And that includes like <laughs> a second phase of a free kick doesn't count as open play. It's got to be like from a situation that does not arise from set piece. If you can find out for next week, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, we don't currently have relegation odds from Paddy Power, so I'm going to suggest that's not going to be possible. Yeah. But what I will tell you is that the, it's the exact same odds for St Mirren and Hamilton as it is for Celtic and Aberdeen. So St Mirren are 1-2 to, to beat Hamilton and uh, Hamilton are 11-2 to two to beat St. Marin. So I'll give you that. Ah. What about the, the race for top six? Yeah, it's good this, isn't it? Uh, St. Marin, who are going to get there, according to their manager, Jim Goodwin, are 3-10. to 10. Can't actually give you any odds on uh, Livingston. So uh, Paddy Power guaranteeing them in the uh, in the top six. Uh, St. Johnston rising up 4-1 to one, uh, to get into the top six. And Dundee United still languishing a little bit on 7-1 to one as well. Mm. Um, and Motherwell 15-2. to two. So the bookies think United, uh, United are going to fall out of that top six? They're, they're not backing them, that's for sure. Hmm. Uh, well, for more of those odds, head to the Paddy Power website. These odds are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. And when the fun stop, what happens, Laura? You stop. All right, let's talk about some good news sco- stories in Scottish football. We've got Kevin Anderson asking, are you going to mention sellout Cali Thistle versus Hearts match? Nice to have a good news story. Indeed, it is Kevin. Um, so Cali Thistle posted this at the weekend our record breaking virtual ticket initiative for the Hearts game on Friday the 26th of February has now broken through the 9,000 virtual tickets barrier that's absolutely class and it should be applauded Um, football fans from Edinburgh, Inverness Scotland and around the globe we salute you so this is people buying tickets to watch the game yeah, virtual tickets so they can watch online that's great it's absolutely a lot of people brilliant. watching it, yeah. Especially when you think Cali's stadium, I think their capacity is about 7,000. So they're actually over capacity. <laughs> they're on the roof. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I, actually, I'll continue talking about um, the championship. Um, the big freeze caught all but two games. So plenty of football down there. Both ended 1-1 between Aloha and Arbroath on Saturday. And on Friday, it was lovely to see Queen of the South on the telly. But it wasn't lovely to see a late equaliser from Hearts, the league leaders. I was so looking forward to Queen's getting a winner there. Absolutely brilliant. Were they, were your beloved Queen's unlucky in this game? They were unlucky in the sense that they defended for most of the game. But it was it was certainly, I mean, we got a penalty. And, oh, we. Uh, I Oberlai, get it. Oberlai. Sorry? We. You played oh, sorry. Them, you? I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I shouldn't say that, should I? I'm very down the middle. I'm on the fence. Uh, no, yeah. We got a penalty and we scored it. And it was great. <laughs> But Hart scored last minute, and that was from a penalty as well. That was disappointing. Um, Queen of the South faced uh, Inverness on Wednesday as well, so that's not on television, which sucks. But there you go. It's a bit there of noise as well about Robbie Nielsen, and Hart's fans seem to be not quite as uh, taken with them it's, as it's, they might have It's because they can, they, they can win games, and then they can just come up with a performance like that that they did on Friday. They've got better they, players than everyone else, so that's the thing. They, I mean, they should be able to do that. It's, it's, it's odd, isn't but it? But I think that leads to them being so frustrated in the game. They, they, there were so many stupid fouls for them in the middle of the park where you could just tell them that they they thought they should be ahead in the game. And they probably should have been. But Hearts are just frustrating themselves at some times mm. and then in turn frustrating their fans. That's what I saw anyway. They still come up. Yeah. They are 100%. 100%. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thanks to the Little Kick for their awesome tunes. Also to Jordan Campbell for joining us. JJ, Laura, always wonderful to have your company. And producer Abby, you're an absolute star. We'll be back next week. But for now, cheerio. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football Network at The Totally Show on Twitter and Insta and be sure to check out our website, thetotallyfootballshow.com The Athletic As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.